0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rambling Rev. My name is Scott Dalen, an ELCA pastor in Southwest Iowa, and I present these episodes usually about every week or so in order to fulfill a couple of different purposes, the first of which is to take my brain out of the mode of background work throughout the course of the week and move into the process of preparing the sermon that I'll preach to my congregation for the weekend. That's the first. And the second is to allow you, the listener, who have come across this for whatever reason brought you here, to gain some insight into the assigned text for the week. So that is why I do these. This particular Sunday, which is May 3rd, 2020, the fourth Sunday of Easter, doubles as something commonly known as Good Shepherd Sunday. The assigned text comes out of John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Now, this particular portion of Scripture... Throughout the course of the three-year cycle, we will get most of John chapter 10. We get the first 10 verses this time. Next year, we'll actually get the uh, part where Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd. We actually don't have that one this time around, which I think is kind of funny. And then we get the continuation that goes on from there in uh, a couple of years from now. So that is kind of where we are. John chapter 10, we cover it over the course of three years. This time around, we get the first part. So I am going to go ahead and read it, and we will get into it. John 10:1 through 10. Jesus says, "Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers." Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come in before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep does not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to, dis- to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. All right, that's the passage. So, where are we at? Where are things going? Uh, As we look at this, uh, we're kind of beyond the narration of the whole Easter resurrection scene. That's really not where this part comes from, other than if you by chance look at it from the perspective of at the end of John's gospel, when Jesus appears to several of the disciples, including Peter, and they have breakfast. And during this time, he he being Jesus, asked Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter responds, I do. And every time he says, feed my sheep, care for my lambs, you know, those things. Basically, I'm putting you in charge, care for the sheep. Jesus references how the sheep know his voice, they hear his voice, and they follow him. And that's all an aspect of this. It's kind of interesting that we get we almost seem to get two little different aspects of what Jesus is saying here. Jesus seems to be claiming to be both the shepherd, which he'll actually say in verse 11. As I mentioned before, we cut off just before Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. We hear Jesus say that the sheep know his voice and follow him because they know his voice. And then we hear Jesus also say that that he is the gate. He is the one that allows passage in and out, in into shelter and out to pasture. One of the things that I'm thinking quite a bit about this particular week is that idea of pasture. Now. The, the Greek word for that, uh, oh gosh, I didn't write it down. Um, I for uh, oh, I, it is yeah. Newman means a spreading. Uh, what we call pasture, a place to spread, is is the way that that is translated here. The other times when that pops up in the scriptures. Uh, typically in what we call the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament. It does pop up one other time in the New Testament, but it usually refers to the spreading of something like a disease, so something that that just begins somewhere and spreads out. What does that mean for sheep? What does it mean to spread or to find pasture, as opposed to going in and finding shelter? That, I think, is perhaps the, the big question, one that that right now might, um, might seem applicable for us, but at the same time also this idea of, of what does it mean to hear the voice of one that we trust to come out, uh, to come out of shelter, and is there such a thing as too much shelter being in the pen? And, and maybe that's what is really resonating as we continue through this season of social distancing and, and the coronavirus and, and the unknowns that are going with that, especially as some States here in the U.S. are starting to creep back open, um, Iowa being one of them, whether we agree with that call or not. I'm not going to tell you what you should think on that. But, but regardless of our personal thoughts in that, as we begin to hear the voice calling us outwards, do we trust the voice? Do we not trust the voice? And that's, that, that's I think, a, a question that a lot of people are asking. You know, who do we listen to? Who do we trust? Who can we trust? in all this. And um, and uh, again, I'm not going to propose to tell you how to think or how to respond, but that's definitely a, th- a thought that's in my head at this time. Some of the other things that, that I'm thinking about in terms of this whole Good Shepherd Sunday situation, uh, this particular passage is partnered with Psalm 23. Now, I'm not going to read Psalm 23, but it's arguably the best-known psalm that we have. Uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, all of that stuff. And and I talked a little bit about this in a video that I put out for my congregation earlier this week, the idea of Psalm 23. I just reflected on it a little bit, not really with a ton of background, but just, just a thought that the, the passage reads, even though I walk through the darkest valley, and then the promise is that you are with me, or the, the recognition is that you are with me. And as I think about that, I'm reminded that we don't walk around the valley, that God does not take us around the valley or God does not allow us or or and that's not the right way of saying it. God does not keep us from going into it. We walk through these valleys, whatever those valleys are, whether it's this ongoing unsure situation or whether it's the idea of grief and pain and, and, and suffering of, of whatever kind, that, that we are not excused from it. But also the promise remains that we are not alone in it. And that's really kind of what I'm thinking about here with this whole Good Shepherd situation. So Jesus basically says, I lead them and they follow me because they know my voice. Now, all of this, as I think about all of it, the context of this particular passage is important. John chapter 9, which we actually had for our featured gospel about a month or so ago, maybe a little over a month ago, I believe it's the fourth Sunday of Lent, so a week or two before before Easter. So maybe we're looking back about six weeks or so. This was also, or we had, we had John chapter nine, and that's the healing of the man born blind. And the man born blind, of course, he can only hear the voice of the one who, who smears mud on his eyes and tells him to go wash. He can't see prior to that point, but then he can. And, and so he hears the voice of the Lord who's giving him instruction and he follows it and he has an abundant life that comes from that. Now, is it perfect? No. Of course, if you're familiar with that story and what happens, there's a lot of controversy that goes around it before Jesus finally comes back into the story again and uh, interacts with the guy a second time. But it's in that interaction, and then the response to that interaction on the part of some of Jesus' opponents that we then lead into this passage. You know, there is no separation. John chapter 9 leans right into John chapter 10. So this whole, I am the I am the gate, and then I am the good shepherd, and the sheep know my voice. All of that stems from the healing that Jesus had performed in the previous chapter. And I think the contextual nature of that is important as we consider all of these things. Well, just the contextual nature is, is important, that, that Jesus is responding to a specific event here. And even though Scripture is for us now, it's always important to remember that what was going on was a specific situation. And all of Scripture is important to remember that. Yes, it's applicable. Yes, it, it still speaks to us. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't speaking to a specific situation as well. And, and it's interesting, too. Somebody pointed this out. I think I, I heard it in a, a commentary or I, I heard some people talking about it, that Jesus gives this, this perspective to the, dis, to the disciples. And we hear, he used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. He's using a, a shepherd analogy. He's uh, not, not so much farming, but a, a shepherd, shepherd statement. And these guys are fishermen. Well, so yeah, they don't maybe get what's going on with sheep and stuff. And who knows, maybe they do, maybe they've got livestock, but, but they did not understand. Well, he's, he's speaking to specific people. He's, he's speaking into a specific situation. And what works for one, what, what resonates with one where the Holy Spirit might empower one person to understand doesn't always work for everyone in that same that same way. And I think perhaps that speaks into our own experience, our own unique perspectives that we bring, that we bring to the interpretation of scripture, also the interpretation of situations. And all we have to do is look at the news, look at the response of so many people. You know, I was talking about the, the ways that some uh, states are starting to open back up and the mixed response to that. And, and we see that. Everyone's, perspective is, is different. And um, and the way that, that the Lord is present, the way that God is is speaking to us and guiding us, the way that we hear that voice, whether physically or metaphorically, is going to be different for everybody. And I think that's important for that. But this is kind of short. Uh, I'm still kind of pondering on where the sermon's going to go with it. But, but these are some of the thoughts that I have as I consider this, this whole thing. Yeah. So, that's, that's kind of where, where we're at and, and where we're going, and we'll see how the sermon comes out. Look for that to, to uh, be available on Sunday. I want to thank you for tuning in and just listening to me ramble about this as, as my brain continues to ponder on this this sermon, this message, the idea or the question of, of what what do we find, what hope do we find, what message might the scriptures have for us today in light of our current events as we hear this. I want to thank you again for tuning in. Uh, If you happen to be on iTunes, you want to leave a rating and review, that's always spectacular and always appreciated. Otherwise, I hope you have a blessed week. We will catch you next time.